Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Nahum, chapter 1. You say, I've never heard of that book. Well, it's in there, I promise you. It's in the Old Testament, almost to Matthew, but not quite. It's in my Bible. It's actually page number 820, if that helps you at all. But you'll find it. Nahum is one of the minor prophets. Minor not because of his message, but rather because of the length of the book. And he has a great message you and I need to hear this morning that applies to our lives. As you're turning and finding that book, I know you need just a few minutes to get there. If you don't have the thumb index, it's going to take you a minute, but I know you'll get there. Now, those of you with the phones, you're already there, right? You just pop it up and you verse pulls down Laham and you're already there. Powerful thing. By the way, we're working on uh, putting all the sermon outlines on Uverse as well, so it'll be automatically available to you. It's a pretty cool thing, technology, right? Pretty cool thing. We're a lot thankful God is allowing us to uh, exploit it to expand the kingdom of God. Amen. Maybe you heard about the uh, young lady who came home from a date and she was really sad. Her mom says, what's the matter, honey? Why are you so sad? You should have had a great time. She said, well, mom, he proposed to me tonight. Well, you should be ecstatic, joyful. Why are you so sad? She said, well, mom, he's an atheist. He doesn't even believe in hell. Her mom says, go ahead and marry him. You and me will prove him wrong. (laughs) Wow, that didn't go over very well, did it? I thought that was a hilarious joke. Okay, well, leave the ladies alone. That's what that tells me, isn't it? Just kidding you. Amen. Don't forget to join us Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We'll be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 30, right here in the sanctuary. Across the way uh, in the youth room, the student ministries, Pastor Isaiah will be preaching the third message in the series, Breakout. You need to get your students here and let them be exposed to the power of the Spirit of God in that ministry. Impact Royal Rangers, Impact Girls and Royal Rangers available for elementary students as well. Something for every member of the family right here in the building this Wednesday night, so come and be a part. Nahum chapter 1, one verse only. Let me give you some background before I read this verse. Nahum actually was a prophet to Israel a hundred years after Jonah went to Nineveh. You know what happened when Jonah went to Nineveh, right? God told him to go and preach a message of destruction and judgment. And he said, I don't want to go because if I preach that, they're going to repent and turn to you. And then you won't destroy them. They were an enemy of Israel. Jonah wanted them wiped off the map. Well, sure enough, exactly what thought would happen did happen. He went to Nineveh. He preached the message of judgment. The whole city repented and God relented and didn't judge them. Now, a hundred years later, Nineveh has returned to its wicked ways. Nineveh has turned its back on God, forgotten all about him. The revival is burned out, burned over, and forgotten. Violence, idolatry, arrogance is rampant once again through the city of Nineveh. And this time, God taps Nahum on the shoulder. And he said, I want you to speak a word to the Ninevites. And it's a word of judgment. It's a word of severe judgment. Matter of fact, God said the Babylonians will come and wipe the city from the face of the earth as though it was never even there. By the way, that's exactly what happened when you read history. And it's recorded in history that the Babylonians did wipe out the city of Nineveh to the point it was never even there. 
So in that period of time, God spoke to Nahum. And he said, you're going to bring a message of judgment and destruction upon this city because they have turned their back on me. They have forgotten and forsaken the powerful repentance and restoration that I allowed to fall on the city a hundred years ago. Now, there's a lesson in that for you and I. We live in a nation that has forgotten God, that has turned its back on God. May I tell you, God cannot spare the United States of America from judgment if he did not spare Nineveh. We need to understand that when we choose as a people, whether it's as a nation or a culture or even as the world, when we choose to thumb our nose at God and the promises of God, to act as though Scripture, the Bible, Jesus is something only to be ridiculed and made fun of, be certain the judgment of God will fall. No question about it. We are living in a culture that will be judged by God. The only remedy is repentance. That's why we've encouraged you through the month of September to pray, to repent, to talk to your family about repentance and let God do a new thing in our hearts and in our lives. Judgment was coming upon Nineveh. Look at it in verse 7, chapter 1. One verse only is all we're going to read. You can just leave your Bibles open there this morning. Is that refreshing or what? I'm not going to run, well, I'm going to run you through the scripture, but we're going to stay right here the whole time. Nineveh chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. I want you to read that out loud. Will you do that? Everybody want to read that out loud with me? The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in him. Now I want you to read it this way. The Lord is good, my stronghold in the day of trouble. And the Lord knows me because I trust in him. Come on, make it personal. You see, you got to make the word personal when you read it. You've got to apply it to your life. My God is good, not part of the time, but how much? All the time. My God is good all the time. And my God is my stronghold. That word stronghold means refuge. That word stronghold means a place of respite from everything that's happening around me. A fortress, a place where I can go and be sheltered from the winds that are buffeting and the rains that are following. The Lord is my stronghold. Aren't you glad today you can say the Lord is my stronghold? He's the place of refuge for me. In a world that's upside down, in a culture that's spinning completely out of control, in a country that's going to hell in a handbasket, we can still say the Lord is my refuge. He's my stronghold. And the Lord knows me. He knows me not because I'm famous. He knows me not because I'm so wonderful. He knows me not because of my great popularity or my money or my bank accounts or my career or my occupation. He knows me because I trust in him. Oh, my friend, that should be said by every believer in this house and online. I trust in him. You remember where we ended last Sunday, Psalm 11? The Psalm 11 verse 3 says, what, when, the, when the foundations fail, what will the righteous do? And that word foundations meant the order of society. When foundations fail, when society comes apart, when governments come unglued, what will the righteous do? Do you know what he said in the next verse? Oh, remember, 
The Lord is in his heaven and he's still on his throne. Oh, come on, somebody. I can say to you today, the Lord I serve is still in his heaven. He's still occupying the throne. No one has dethroned him. He hasn't given it up or walked away. He's not wringing his hands in despair over the state of the world. My Lord is still on his throne. And because of that, I will trust him. I will trust him. We need to understand that when we come to that place of safety in God, let me, let me phrase it this way. When we understand God is our stronghold, not only do we have divine assurance that he's going to be with us, that he's got a plan for us, that he's already prepared heaven for you and I, divine assurance, but we also have divine assistance. Aren't you glad that God comes to the aid and the rescue of those who trust in him? Aren't you glad his arm is not shortened, his ear is not deafened, he's still attuned to the cry of those who trust in him. Today, with everything that's going on, we see it likened as to Nineveh in this day and in this time. But we know in that day and in that time, God is still a stronghold. He's still a place of refuge. He's still a God that carries us through. Nahum lets us know in times of trouble, he is a very present help. That's what the psalmist declared to us as well. We know in John 16, 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let me just step back and say it this way. The time for powder puff Christians is dead and gone. Either you grow up, stand up, and be a man or a woman of God, or you're going to get ran over by the culture. See, God's looking for people of courage with a backbone who will still declare, this is the word, this is the way, walk ye in it. I've got news for you. There's not a thousand ways to God. There's one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the door of the sheepfold. You have to come through the door. We need to understand, he said, I am the light of the world. Jesus Christ declared it clearly and plainly. There's only one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Buddha won't get you there. Confucius won't get you there. Islam won't get you there. But Jesus Christ will every time. Somebody say amen. Amen. Not long ago, I made a statement about other religions, and someone said to me, you should be concerned. Somebody may think that's hate speech. Listen, I'm not talking about hate speech. I'm talking about showing people the way of love, which comes through Jesus Christ. And if I don't confront the evils and the untruths and the falsehoods that in our society, I'm not showing you the love of Jesus. I'm leaving you to your own to figure it out on your own, and it always ends badly. But when I say there is one way, His name is Jesus. There is one truth. It's the word of God. There is one pathway, and it's the pathway of the righteous. Somebody ought to stand up and say, that's what I want. Sick and tired of this mealy-mouthed, milk-toast Christianity that didn't have power to blow a fuzz off a peanut. It's time for you and I to be full of the Holy Ghost, walk in the power of the Spirit as might, and say, my God is good. And in the day of trouble, he's still my stronghold because I trust in him. I trust in him. And listen, my God. Oh, come on. You can't say this about anybody else. You can't say this about me, Yvonne. You can't say this about me, Callahan. 
I can't say this about you, but I can say it about him. My God never fails. He never fails. He's never surprised. He's never shocked. He's never caught short. He's never without a word. My God never fails. So when the sand around you begins to sink and shift, what do you do? You say as Naaman did, oh, my God is good. He is still my stronghold, my refuge, my shelter in the times of trouble. Hallelujah. And I want to keep trusting in him. Listen, it doesn't matter how crazy it gets out there. Keep your trust in the Lord. He will never fail you. He'll never lead you astray. He'll never take you down the wrong path. And trouble comes. You know what I'm talking about? Trouble does come. That doctrine that says once you come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay just isn't true. Trouble comes. Sometimes it's because of what we've done. Sometimes it's because of what someone else has done. Sometimes it's because there's a very real enemy of our soul called Satan who desires to destroy you. And he attacks you. Sometimes it's just life. But trouble comes. So when trouble comes, what are you going to do as a believer? Are you going to fold up, shrink back, say, I guess it doesn't really work? Because if really Jesus loved me, wouldn't he shelter me from the stuff that's coming against me? Oh, you're missing it. He does shelter you, but he shelters you as you walk through the stuff that's coming against you. You know, sometimes God delivers you from the fire. Sometimes he takes you through the fire. All of us want to be delivered from the circumstance when in fact God is saying, come on, put your big boy britches on, pull your boots up and walk through the fire and let me walk with you and show you just what I'm capable of doing. Listen, until you put your faith to the test, You'll never know how deep and strong it is. When the group and I were in Peru last March and we got stranded there because of COVID and they shut the, shut the airport down, shut the country down, couldn't be on the streets. It became pretty wild during that period of time. And I was thinking to myself, God, this is the perfect opportunity for a miracle. This is the perfect opportunity to do something deep in the lives of these young people. Like, come here, Andrea. Come here, Celine. They were with me. Chris was with me. He's gone somewhere else. Several others were with me. And I thought, God, this is the perfect opportunity for you to do something in the life of these 26 people that will stick with them for the remainder of their life. That when the next storm comes, they're going to look back and say, I remember we were stranded in Peru. We couldn't get out. But I remember God never failed us. God didn't forsake us. God didn't leave us by ourselves. And folks, you know what? The miracle is we got back to Tallahassee the day we were supposed to get back to Tallahassee. Not one day late. That's God. Now, he didn't deliver us from that. He took us through it. And that's often what God wants to do because I guarantee you those 26 people, when hard times come, they're going to look back and say, oh, that's nothing to be compared to being stranded in Peru. That's nothing to knowing that the entire neighborhood of Ecomarca thought we were bringing COVID and wanted to kill us. That's nothing. I can do this easy. Man, this is like a walk in the park. Trouble will come. But don't always look for deliverance. Sometimes you need to let him take you through it so that you can see what God is capable of. And when he takes you through it, because he's your stronghold, you're going to find peace in the middle of that storm. You're going to find that there is an undescribable, unexplainable peace that settles in and over your life. 
Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. His peace doesn't come in a bottle, folks. And that's where many are looking for it. His peace doesn't come in a pill or in a needle, and that's where many are looking for it. His peace doesn't come in a new relationship or a new job or more money or a new home or a new car. His peace comes from the throne of God. His peace comes from the Prince of Peace, and it's a peace that never leaves and never forsakes, that overwhelms you and covers you, that cloaks your mind and covers your spirit and strengthens your body to walk through those difficult times. He's not going to leave you alone. There's three things I want to share with you very quickly and then I'm done. When we understand that the Lord is good, that he is our stronghold, then we understand we are living under the protecting presence of God Almighty. Think of it this way. It's pouring down rain outside. You pop up the umbrella, hold it over your head and walk through the rain. The umbrella didn't stop the rain, did it? It stopped the rain from drenching you. And when you're living in the overarching protection of the living God, the world can be going to hell around you, but you'll walk straight through the hell because God is covering you. God has got you. God's protecting you. God is watching over you. We live in the protecting presence of an almighty God. He said, Psalm 91, I will give my angels charge over you. And if you stumble, they will lift you up. Oh, come on, folks. It's time for you and I to get, again to understand. God is just not interested in what we do in these walls. He's interested in our lives 24-7. Good, the bad, the mediocre. He's going to walk through it with us if you let him. If you allow him. He's going to prove to you and show you his overarching, protecting presence. Can you ever think of a time when God came to your rescue? Can you ever think of a time when everybody gave up on you? Can you ever think of a time in your personal life when you thought, why am I even trying? And then boom, here comes the Calvary. He comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I can just hear him. I can feel him. I can experience him roaring into my life. And knowing that he's come to, came to come, coming to come to my rescue and to set me free. Oh, who can say with me, I remember the time when God dried my tears. I remember the time when God changed my testimony. I remember the time when he rewrote the script of my story. And I'm standing today because God is watching over me. Amen. Man, that ought to light your fire. If it doesn't, I'm pretty sure your wood's wet. We need to understand God is always watching over us. And listen. If he didn't do another thing for us, he's already done enough. He's already saved you from your sins. He's already delivered you from the clutches of Satan. He's already written your name in the Lamb's book of life. He's already given you an eternal destiny. Eternal means forever, by the way. Eternal destiny in heaven with him, never to be separated from him. And he's already given you his Holy Spirit to live in you, to empower you, to guide you, to direct you, to fill you with wisdom and discernment. If he never does another thing, he's done enough. My God is good. That's what Naaman said. The Lord is good, and he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. A stronghold in the day of trouble. So there are times in our lives when things come against us. We have no words. You've only had one of those times this week. I had, uh, because of some pain in my neck, I'd been referred to a pain doctor. 
Went to see him in September. He ordered an MRI. Went back on Tuesday to get the results, thinking, oh, good, I'm going to get some shots in my neck. Things are going to be so much better. The pain's going to be relieved. Things will go back to normal. I sat there in his office, and he said, sir, we have a very critical situation here. You have a disc that's pressing against your spinal cord. And I'm thinking, you're a pain doctor. What do you know? I didn't come here with that kind of advice. I didn't come here with that kind of news. I came here to get some relief. He said, no, you don't understand, sir. I told my wife, he tried to put the fear of God into him. He must have known me. He said, you don't understand, sir. One trauma to your neck and you're going to be paralyzed. It's that serious, that critical. I said, okay. He said, you need to see a surgeon. Okay, well, I've been to this clinic many times and I knew it takes a month, month and a half to get in to see one. I was shocked when before I left, I said, you come back Thursday at 1030. You're going to see the surgeon. So Yvonne with me, went with me to that appointment, and sure enough, the surgeon said, this is critical. Any trauma to your neck, whether you have an accident, whether you fall, any trauma, you're going to be paralyzed. And it's irreversible. You won't come back from it. And I'm thinking, you know, on Monday morning, I didn't plan to hear this kind of news this week. This isn't what I anticipated. I wanted to get some shots in my neck to relieve some pain and go on with life. You know what I mean? So this Wednesday coming up, they're going to do surgery on my neck to remove that disc from my spinal cord and remove that threat and remove that pressure. So before we leave today, you're going to pray for me, all right? Now listen, somebody said, are you worried about it? Not in the least. Are you nervous? Not at all. Is he a good surgeon? I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm going to be praying that Jesus guides his hands. Come on. I have no need to worry or fear because I've got a God who's over me, protecting me, guiding and directing me. And I know this, not one thing will come into my life, but what at first passes through his hands. Amen. And I've come this morning to tell you, stop worrying about tomorrow and what may happen and put your trust in the Lord and he will lead you through those difficult times. He will show you what he's able and capable of doing. And you'll be amazed by his wonderful work. Number two, I want you to remember that real faith, real faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. Real faith is believing in it before it ever happens. I believe this is going to occur. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The message says it's the handle on our tomorrows. That's a pretty good way to translate it. Real faith is believing in advance what only makes sense when seen in reverse. So you and I have to live in a place where we believe that what God said is what's going to happen. That his promise over me is sufficient. It's going to handle everything that comes into my life. We have to come to the place where we say, no matter what I'm going through, my God's still good. And no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to trust in him because he is my stronghold. He's my stronghold. God helps us to walk in that kind of faith, believing he's our stronghold. So some of you in this room this morning, you've been praying and asking God for a better job. 
Well, then start believing. Start seeing it in advance. You see, it's not what you see today that matters. It's what you see through the eye of faith. You can't live by what you see today. You have to live by what you see through the eye of faith. Paul said it this way. We don't believe or trust in things we see, but we believe or trust in the unseen things that God has already laid up and provided for you and I. It's time today to live out our faith, believing that what I'm believing for in advance is only going to make sense when I see it in reverse. You may not have that job yet. You may not have that promotion yet. You may not have that house yet, but it's time to believe God that it's His will and it's going to occur in your life. And number three, you can write it down, God always. I want to give you the secret to walking in trust. This is the secret, all right? You can share it if you want to. You can keep it yourself. I don't care. It's a secret to walking in trust. God always descends upon the people who choose to praise Him no matter what. Regardless of the circumstance, when we honor Him, when we give Him glory, when we lift our voices to Him, when we let our lives live out our praise to Him, He always comes into our presence. Now, I can't tell you that when I got the news on Thursday that I was just overjoyed. I wasn't. It's not what I want to do. I mean, it's going to seriously disrupt my life, and I don't like that. It's three months off the motorcycle. That's like a death sentence. I kid you not. Six weeks in a neck brace. Are you kidding me? I told Pastor Isaiah, I'm going to need a lot of grace to do this. I'm going to need a lot of grace. It's not what I wanted to hear. It's not where I want to go. It's not what I want to experience. And I can't tell you, I immediately wrapped my head around it. I'm not some super spiritual guy that can just say, oh, praise God. I got to have neck surgery, so I'm not paralyzed. That's not me. There's a little bit of grousing and grumbling going on at that time. My wife will tell you, I didn't say much. I was pretty quiet. But when I begin to process that, I begin to realize God's protected me. God has kept me. His presence over me has brought me to this day, and I can still walk. I can still take care of myself. I'm not in a wheelchair, which could have happened very, very easily. Oh, friend, do you hear what I'm saying? When you recognize there is a problem, recognize God was there before you. He's already walked the way with you. He's going to take you through it, and you have reason to give Him praise and glory and honor. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to be happy for the next three months all the time. I'm not. My wife knows me too well. She may be calling on some of you for help. Come and get this guy out of my house. Give me some relief. You never know. Now, I'm not going to be gone for three months. Don't think that for a second. Think about a week and a half and I'll be back in the saddle. No problem. But we need to understand that in those times when we choose to focus on him and give him praise, he gives us his presence to take us through the problems. He walks with us. He guides us. He directs us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. And Naaman in the scripture reminds us the Lord is great in his power. The Lord is good all the time to those who trust in him. And then he reminds us he knows us by our trust in him. He knows us by our faith. He identifies us because we have identified with him through our faith in Jesus Christ. So when the winds blow and the storms come, we're built on a foundation. We're built on a rock. That's why David said, Psalm 62, verse 2, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Folks, you may be in that place today. 
when you're facing something that's bigger than you, bigger than anything you had planned, it's greater than anything you ever wanted, it's a problem. But I've got news for you. The Lord is good. He is our stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in Him. Isaiah said it this way, Isaiah 43. He said it, I know you by your name. You are mine. When you walk through the waters, they'll not overflow you. When you pass through the fires, you'll not be burned. He said, I know who you are. I know you by your name. You are mine. In those difficult times, don't turn away from God. Turn towards God. And let God prove to you once again what he's capable of doing in your heart and in your life. Bow your heads with me in this room and online. Father, right now, this is a moment your spirit is prepared to touch hearts and to change lives. A moment that he has designed to alter the destiny of men and women and boys and girls. In this room and to the hundreds and thousands that are online right now, Father, bring the convicting presence of your spirit into their lives. Show them that your God is worthy of their trust and that you will be their stronghold in days of trouble. All they have to do to receive that promise and walk in that help trust in Jesus Christ, your son, because you know those who trust in you. If you're in this room this morning, if you're watching online, if you're listening on the radio, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about the need to change your life, to trust in God, it doesn't matter where you're at, right where you're at, just lift up the hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. Yes, pray for me. The Holy Spirit sees your hand this morning, both in the room. Yes, sir. Those online. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stop trusting in yourself and trust in God. He's able to do something for you. He's able to bring rescue and redemption and help into your life today. In the room, stand to your feet with me. Those five or six who raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to be a person of courage, a man or woman of courage. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're standing, sitting, and come and join me right down here. Because I need God in my life today, just like you need God in your life. So don't wait. Come on, join this one that's coming. The rest of you just lift up your hands, step out and come this morning. God's going to minister to your heart, minister to your life, bring strength to you, hope and help to you as you trust in Him. You put your confidence in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to do something for you. Pastor Isaiah, Pastor Chris, step up. Cal, would you step up and begin to pray for these individuals right here? Lay your hands on them. We're going to pray together. Those of you online, we're going to pray together and we're going to believe that God will touch your heart and touch your life today. Jesus, we come to you right now and ask that you touch each one of these individuals to remove their fear, remove their doubt, remove their uncertainty, and bring the presence of God to flow into their lives. Forgive sins, change hearts, and change lives. Do your work deeply in their lives right now. Completely in their lives right now. Bring change is all you're able to do. Touch those that are listening on the radio right now. Bring change. Touch those that are across the country watching online. God, for those who are going to watch this afternoon or tomorrow or next week, let the presence and the power of your spirit flood their lives at that moment and bring change to them. For you're able to do it as only you can in Jesus' name. Do that work right now. Now, if you're in the room this morning and you need a 
physical touch in your body. That's what I need today. You need a physical touch. You want to come and stand beside me. Just come. We're going to believe God. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. In just a moment, God's going to touch your physical body. Because we believe that by His stripes, we are healed. We believe the day of miracles did not cease with the death of John. The day of miracles continues through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you need a touch in your body, come and stand. Line up on each side of me right here. Yep. That's it. Now, elders, deacons, pastors, come. And I'm going to ask you to pray for each one of us standing here today. Ask God to bring His healing power to flow into our lives. Come on, elders, deacons, uh, uh, come and help us this morning. If you have a loved one that's in this line, step out and come and join them. Put your faith with theirs and let's ask God to do something mighty and miraculous in their hearts and in their lives today. To do a good work to bring healing and restoration and regeneration into their lives this morning. Let's believe God together. Amen. You made it to the end of the message and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.